Welcome home. Look what God has done for us. Look what we've done with God. Welcome to the crowning jewel of many prayers, a decade of building committee meetings and planning, a year-long construction process. Welcome home to Marion Methodist. Isn't this awesome? It's wonderful. Great day to be here. Now, we, we thought we'd begin with a beautiful melody, but now I want to take you uh, behind the veil a little bit. But let me give you a quick look at our last 365. Got a few pictures of this. We, we started in a small beginning. One little caterpillar machine and just shy of 30 acres of farmland ready to be turned into city. Now, after a month or so, we were really starting to make a mark on that land. This is an aerial photo of our of our building in uh, uh, early in July last year. Then hundreds came on a 100-degree day to officially break the ground where we're standing right now. Now, during this year, the pastor received a new hat, not just a preaching hat. I wore that so many times coming into this uh, building to to pray for the workers, to pray for what God was going to do here in this place, to to pray for for the future that we don't even know. And and praise God, uh, this was a great opportunity for all of us. Now, Now, last summer... Our new home became a place, 5050 REC Drive. That's, that's where we're located now. And I want to show you something. Literally, this home was built on the Word of God. You see the picture there, and some of you know this, that when the foundation was being poured right below our cross, last year, uh, myself, a few members of my family, and a couple of, of you came out to place that Bible, which was one of the pew Bibles from our previous building, underneath the concrete as it was being poured uh, so that we might be able to say, literally, this church is built on the Word of God, and it is. And and we're grateful for that. Now, underneath here, miles and miles of wiring and tubing were installed before this cutie could mess around on one of the spools of it afterwards, we'd come out here, we'd walked up to pray and, and, and have a prayer meeting. Uh, all kinds of stuff. As you waited, so many things went underneath this building before we could get into it and where we're at now. Then, late fall 2017, the walls started coming up. Now, I want to tell you, I, I have to confess right now, and this is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Our builders seen this picture. You haven't. But you know when you're building a home, in every home, uh, there's a kid. There's that one kid who breaks the rule. And I want to show you a picture of a kid that drove his car right through the center, right through that area out there. And, of course, like every kid, I had to take a selfie. (laughs) So there's the incriminating evidence of me parking my car about where the coffee pots are right now. During Christmas week this year, our... uh, our, pours were, our floors were poured in the education uh, week, and then by March, we wanted fo- folks that were looking for a spiritual home to know who was coming and who was inviting them here. And in May, we made it clear whose house this was. Now, we wanted to make sure that we never took our eyes off of him. When we were in his house, 
We want to make sure that we never take our eyes off him. We might have bells ringing. And by the way, they rang in German today. Wasn't that cool? <laughs> we have bells ringing, choirs singing, praise band going, preachers preaching, people reading the scriptures. But there was no question in the building committee from the very beginning that at the center of this edifice built to the glory of God and set apart for the service to men and women, that the cross of Jesus Christ would stand and cast its shadow in this place, no matter where it went. And now, the sun casts its light on this place, our new home. So, so welcome home. Welcome home. Now, if you can, get up and greet your siblings in Christ. Let's welcome each other in the name of God. all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. The Lord is good, and we should be giving thanks and praise to him. Let us all join together in a prayer. This morning, we are giving thanks and praise because your love endures forever, and you love us so much, God. This morning, let your spirit fill all of our hearts in the room as Pastor Mike preaches. There is no greater joy in this life than you. And as he speaks, let your words fill the hearts of this room with joy and gladness. Let them find peace and love only in you, Jesus. We pray all these things in your name and only for your glory. Amen. If you noticed that, but what Al did just a minute ago was something that we haven't been able to do for many, many years, which is let a person that's um, not as mobile, ably, as I am come to the chancel uh, of the church. So praise God from whom all blessings flow, all right? That was awesome. <clears throat> I, I, I want to tell you a few things as we, as we welcome you home. Uh, it starts like this. You know, Ole and Sven, they're out cutting wood. They've been cutting woods for 100 years, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And someone comes by in the woods and says, you know, Ole, if you'd get one of those new chainsaws, you could cut a lot more wood a lot faster. So they said, well, let's get one of those chainsaws. They went out and they got one of those chainsaws, a fancy one, you know, a big long one. And uh, they went out and cut wood for about a week. And after about a week, they, they went back into the, the dealership and said, you know, we can't cut wood any faster with this than we could our old crosscut saw. And they said, really? I wonder what's wrong with it. And the owner put it down, pulled the cord, started up, bum, 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 bum. And they said, what's that noise? <laughs> That's kind of how the staff of the church and the leaders feel. We, we've been planning this building for a long time, but even just now I couldn't figure out how to turn my microphone on. We're, we're learning as we go, okay? 
And, and some of this, I want to, I wanna, as I welcome you home, r- remind you, we are not done yet. We're, we're still in a temporary uh, order. There, there, there's been 10 years on our get here. And now that we're getting here, there's still some things that aren't quite done. I, I want to, to introduce, I think he's in the room unless he's out fixing something right now. All of this has been managed by a, na- a guy named Brad Walsh. Brad, are you in here? If you would, stand up. He's way back there. Brad has been our project manager. Give him a hand. <clears throat> He's been great. When, when, we've had, when we've had problems in the building process and, and in our trying to get here, Brad was fixing them before we mentioned it. So uh, there's, there's still a lot of work to be done. And I will tell you this, that, that if you open a closet around here, Expect it to react like a college dorm room closet. It's going to because things aren't where they're supposed to be quite yet. But we will be over the course of the summer getting things ready. So I don't need to be worried about our getting done because, honestly, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have Brad. I'm not kidding you. He has been awesome. But now that we're here, well, welcome to the here. I, I wanted to start this talk, my first talk in, in, in First Church Marion, by pointing to something that's in the narthex. In, your, uh, in our previous building, the building we worshipped in for a hundred and some years, there were a, a number of glorious stained glass windows. One is going to the Carnegie Center. Three will be placed outside this wall uh, sometime this fall, we pray. But there's one in the window, in, in, in the center. And it's, uh, it's in memory. It's commemorating. Uh, it says the Department of the G.A.R., how many of you know what G-A-R is? Can somebody say what it is? Grand Army of the Republic. And I want to tell you why that was so important to me as a pastor to put that here. Because what the Grand Army of the Republic stood for is that all people are equal. We are a church that receives people no matter who they are. So if you're new with us, welcome home. If you, if you look different, speak differently, talk differently, act differently than us, this is an inclusive church. And because uh, uh, 160 or so years ago, the, the world, the, the United States was at war trying to decide whether African-American people were equal to other people, we, we need to understand that everyone, is built with infinite value and worth in the eyes of the Lord God, so they are welcome here. Can I get an amen somewhere? Amen. That's who we are, and that's why that's out there. Now, a couple of days that that Cassie mentioned on the video, and and then I'm going to get right into my talk, and I'm going to point you to something that you all want to know about. First, uh, this week, we're still working on the, the, the transition from downtown. So on Thursday night, there's going to be a preview of our antiques and collectibles, the things that we won't be using here that we did use or maybe even been set aside downtown. So from uh, in the evening from 4 to 7, I believe, uh, I got a lot in my mind, I think it's 4 to 7, you can read it in there. Come by the church if you're looking for something of interest, and then on Saturday, and kind of look at it, we're not selling anything on, on that day, unless you offer a million dollars. I think I can speak on behalf of the trustees. You offer a million, we'll sell it to you right there. Okay? Um, but there's a lot of things. And then on Saturday morning, there will be a sale. And then next Sunday, after our worship services in the morning here at 4 p.m., we will be having a formal decommissioning service of our downtown location that has served God and served this congregation very well. Two things before I go right to the sermon. First, Happy Father's Day. 
Uh, I'm glad to be uh, among the, the ranks of the fathers. And secondly, probably since we're moved, one of the things that you're all worried about, depending on where you're sitting, just, just look to the back screen. It's called a confidence screen. And see what's on top of that screen. The clock. Yeah. Clock in the church is the work of the devil, but I promise you, <laughs> at least today, we'll get you where you need to go. I'd love to preach a sermon based on Psalm 100, and it starts with you helping me sing this. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. We adore the Lord for all that He's done to our life, even up to this day and in the days to come. And so we start here by adoring God with really talking about the pillars of truth. Now, as you're aware, if you know anything about building, there are some pillars holding this building up. In this particular room, they've been expertly hidden by our builders somewhere in that back wall. Out in the center, you can see that there's some pillars holding up the place. And as you go down uh, the hallway into our Ed Center, our, our Discipleship Center, you will find that there's some pillars holding up this building. They're essential. If we lose a single one of them, our, our building would be greatly damaged. And when we look at the pillars of, of the faith, the, the, the pillars of truth, there are quite a number of them, and every single one of them is essential to us. And, and if we lose one of them, we lose part of the historic faith. So, so day one, our, our first day, yeah, I know you're over here, all right? Day one, our first day here, but I, I think I walked out of where I'm supposed to be on the video. They're shaking their head at me. Yeah, you did. Simon's yelling at me through an earpiece, and I'm not even wearing one. But we want to celebrate all the things that God has done on this first day, and it's an exciting day. So, so we start with this by saying this. Praise is a theme that pervades the whole of Scripture. Indirectly, we see praise throughout uh, the first few chapters of Genesis when God is creating the earth and, and all that's in it. There is this spirit of he is and we aren't. He, he is so awesome and magnificent and we can't do those things. And then that same story is repeated in, in, Genesis, or in, in John chapter 1 where it says, In the beginning was the Word and nothing was created without him that was created. There's that indirect praise. This, there's this indirect feeling of awe that, that there is a God out there that, that, that is running all of creation. And, and then directly you see the idea of praise lifted up in all the hymns that, that go from Exodus through the, through the Gospels, through all the, 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 the hymns of the Jews and Psalms and, and all of Scriptures where we see that, that praise is a theme that is important to Scripture. And, and praise is a vital part to a life surrendered to God. It gives credit where credit is due. The, the narcissist, the person that thinks only of themselves, they can't praise because they believe that the world starts and, and ends with them. And, and so how could there be anything more important than them? But the Christian knows, and that's us, the Christian knows that the self-centered life is not a life that looks beyond itself, that looks to God. And, and so Christians 
are to praise. So we praise, and praise is critical to us. Praise is so critical to to who we are as, as people. It helps us center our lives, and it calls attention to the God who loves us, who cares for us, and who makes us. See, praise is fitting to, to, to lavish on the highest good, which is God himself. God is so awesome that, that when we take in his glory, when we try to drink in who he is, we're awestruck. I, I'm not talking about awesome the way, you know, a, a hot dog is awesome. I'm not talking about awesome the way like it, love it, gotta have it is awesome, right? I'm talking about the fact that there, there's so much awe in the glory and, and goodness of God that words literally free us, flee from us. They, they run from us because we are, we are literally struck dumb. And so, so throughout, throughout the Christian tradition, we've been looking for ways to how to give praise to God when, when words flow us. So, so we've appropriately, over the years, resorted to formulas of, of the faith. I want to show you one here. You know that, if you would. Sing this with me, if you would. We're going to go with the old tune. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son. not used to worshiping in a traditional sanctuary, you know that one. Even if you haven't grown up singing hymns, you know that one. Maybe you didn't know that tune. Maybe you came from a different kind of faith tradition. But those words say what we cannot say sometimes because we're so awestruck uh, by the glory of God. We we were saying to God, we cry out, Lord, you made it. We cannot. We did not. Lord, you keep it going. You sustain it. We don't have the ability to keep that going. We even struggle, some of us, with keeping our own bodies going. If you're as tired as some of my staff, our staff, your staff, that's been here till 10 o'clock just about every night in the last couple of weeks, they, they have, you know, this is such an exciting day. They're running on fumes. But, but, but like them, sometimes don't you have a hard time keeping it going? Even just moving step. But God never does. He keeps everything going. You, me, everything. He keeps the entire world going. And so we sing, praise God, you made it. We didn't. You keep it going. We didn't. And we say, praise God, because he gives it value. See, every human being is born with infinite value and worth. The creation itself has value. And any time we do things that destroy that value, God gives us value back. He redeems it. He brings it back to its full luster. We cannot. So our praise, our praise is a declaration of the worshiper saying, we, Lord, align our lives with your purposes. And yet, sometimes the difficulties of life cloud our vision and keep us from praising God. Sometimes, we witness a magnificent firework display or we, 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 we hear a piece of music played by our favorite band or a symphony orchestra or, or, or we see something done. Maybe even the glorious sunset. 
and we forget to praise the creator of it all. We might praise the thing. Oh, the firework display was wonderful. I'm not talking about the fireworks, you know, that you're going to throw under my bedroom window because you bought them at the shop down by Fairway. No, I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about those magnificent things and the sunset like we saw over the church. And we sometimes say, well, I'll give my praise to that. But we hold back from giving praise to the creator of all things. It can be easier to praise events. It can be easier to praise a song than it is the creator of all those things. So sometimes we need a calling. Sometimes we need a challenge. Sometimes we need some instruction to maintain a life of praise in the midst of our life situations. The praise of God is a pillar of the Christian truth. Praise is an act that, that, uh, of our will. That means we have to do something about it that, that flows out of awe and reverence for our creation, Creator. Praise opens us to a deeper connection to God. When we praise God, we get closer to Him. You know, sometimes we just have to sing out our praise. Sometimes we have to pray out our praise. You can do that at these kneeling rails or any, anywhere in your home. The pray, when we pray and when we praise, we open a deep and, deeper connection to God. And praise turns our attention away from us, away from our problems. And it depends completely on the nature and character of God. So praise is a pillar of the Christian faith. So our sermon one, my sermon one, here in this place, that for the glory of God we've been dreaming on for years. Sermon one in our new life is going to simply boil down to some guidance and instruction regarding how we can live in an attitude of praise when life is hard, when not everything works in our favor. I'm going to give you four admonitions. First, first, commit your life to Christ. Go all in. Go all in. Years ago, I, I uh, my my parents were experiencing their fiftieth. We were celebrating, experiencing. They were celebrating their fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> anniversary. It was a fun time. We rented a cabin up on uh, Village West on Lake Okaboji. You know, big cabin where we could kind of have that giant weekend slumber party for Memorial Day weekend. But I want to tell you, it was Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Now, in North Iowa, sometimes the ice doesn't go off Lokoboji until first part of May, right? So that's important to this story. So little Lisa, I think, was uh, probably about fifth grade at that time. And uh, her uh, older cousin, who was, I think, just about in high school at that time, said, you know what we should do because we're up here at the lake? We should jump in the lake. And Lisa says, I will if you do. And then they challenged Travis's dad, say, Roy, will you do it too? And he says, oh, sure, I will if you do. He, of course, as an adult, is full well thinking these kids aren't jumping in the lake when the water's that cold because they went down, stuck their toe in there, and it wasn't frozen, but it was the temperature of the, of the beverages in our cooler out here. But they decided to do it anyway, so it was a sunny day. They put their suits on. It might have been about 65 degrees out, water temperature exceedingly colder than that. And Roy jumped in as a challenge. He hit it. Wow, he screams like this. It's so, you know, hot, cold, you know. And then Travis jumps in. He comes out. Whoa, it's so cold, Lisa. But little Lisa said she'd do it. So she runs off the dock. But in the air, while she's in the air, 
she turns around and she's already swimming back to the dock, still in the air. I said, I don't think she's all the way in on this. She's not quite committed. But she did it. And to Christ, we have to go all the way in. Some of you are old enough at this 815 service. I'm going to throw this away at 1015 because they're not going to get this. But raise your hand if you remember who Flip Wilson is. All right. Okay. Lots of you. And as you understand, 1015, they're going to be like, well, I don't know, like some gymnast? No, no. <laughs> so for you down here in the second row, Flip Wilson was a comedian. All right. I got the college students clued in now. So Flip Wilson, the comedian, was asked once, well, what, what faith tradition are you a part of? He's thought for a long time, and he says, I guess I'm a Jehovah's bystander. I don't want to get too involved. To be a Christian, you got to go all the way in. You got to go all the way in Christ. You, you got to get all the way into Him. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says this If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that God raised Him from the dead, you will be. It doesn't say you might be, or you might, it doesn't say, oh, on certain conditions it might come to pass. It says you will be saved. You will receive your salvation from Jesus Christ, your Lord. And the life of praise begins right here. The confession with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. So on your first day in here, I ask you this question. Do you need to say it? Have you needed to say for a long time? Has it been rumbling around in your heart to say, I, I need to make some sort of confession? I, I need to say to myself, or, or maybe I need to say it to others, or maybe I need to make it known around the people I live that I am a Christian, that, that Jesus is my Lord, and I plan to live with Him forever. Do you, do you need to say it? Boy, what a tragedy it would be to come into this beautiful place for your first time and have the opportunity to go all in and say all to Jesus I surrender Jesus is my Lord and not take it so if your praise need to be strengthened right now today by that I encourage you just say the words Jesus is my Lord don't, don't miss that opportunity Get all the way into him. You will be blessed. And he will strengthen you. Secondly, confess your sin and repent. Oh, can't we leave that to the Catholics? No. No, Protestants, United Methodists. This is something that's part of our faith tradition. We have to be willing to say that which separates us from God. We, we, we need to be able to, 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 to come to Him. We, even on day one, we need to get into all this. Our sins, our self-reliance separate us from God's love and protection. And if your heart's like my heart, it needs a cleansing. It, it needs to be washed clean from time to time, sometimes several times a day. I can get an amen on Father's Day for that, can I? Yeah, yeah. I have a friend named Roy. Yeah, some of you probably don't know this. Most of you don't know. And if you don't, that's just all right. I spent eight years of my life in north central Iowa in a county where there are more hogs than people. Okay? That's just true. You might have had some, one of them this morning. I don't know. But I had a friend up there named Roy that was a big hog farmer. He wasn't a big man. He had lots of hogs. 
he had lots of hogs. And, and I remember he came in and, and somebody said, Roy, you've been working all day? Because he smelled like a bar, a bar of Irish spring. He says, oh, yeah. He says, but you got a shower. He says, I, and, and then he said this. He says, you know, when you work with hogs, you don't get cleaner as the day goes on. You have to shower. He says, but all I do is get to the shower and the soap and the water do the work. When we confess our sins, all we need to do first is get to God. The Christian, as part of our act of praise, simply needs to act on their own behalf and take their sins to God. In, in John chapter 1, 9, it says this, If we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Got to come to God. Come all the way. Admit and confess who we truly are. And God will cleanse us. He'll do all the work, but He expects us to act first. He expects us to come to us. Always, 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 we need to go to God first. And He'll do the work. And then we try to walk clean. Don't go back to our sins. I know so many friends that, that, that they'll come to God's altar and they'll confess their sins, and God cleanses them up, and they start walking away, and they say, as they walk away, they say, well, let me just take a few of those with me because we're comfortable to Him. But when we confess our sins, God will cleanse us from all wickedness, and we can be done, and we can, we can let it all be gone. But we have to go. And then cleansed and reoriented, praise the Lord. Thirdly, praise God anyway. What do I mean by that? Despite our present circumstances, despite our present feelings, we need to praise God anyway. Hebrews 13 says, offer a sacrifice of praise. That is to say, when you don't feel like it, sometimes the sacrifice you need to make is praising God. When all kinds of a mud storm is hitting your life, you say, praise the Lord, which are hard words to Pronounce when things are going difficult, uh, hard. Lost my control of the English language there. There's two songs that a group called Bethel has put together. The old song, It Is Well, you know, It Is Well With My Soul. That song was written when it was not well with the man's soul who was writing it. You can look it up on Google. But the idea of singing it as well will, is a, as an act of praise will bring you closer. And then Bethel has connected that with another old hymn that they've written called Through It All. Through It All, I, I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. So we sing it as well and through it all, even though our circumstances don't say that we should be praising, even though we, we, we think everything around us is difficult, we praise God anyway because... When we take the first step of praising God, God will take us the next 100 or 200 or 700, and he'll heal us there. So we praise God anyway. Praise, the God, in, praise God in the midst of whatever you're going through. And, and last, before we call upon the ushers, we need to join together with other believers. It is simply Christian to unite with others to do the work of God. It is simply Christian to unite 
with other believers in worship and work. I, I am blessed that I'm involved in a number of weddings this summer. And one of the staples of, of, of a wedding oftentimes is a scripture reading. Some of those scriptures I've been reading this year at weddings is Ecclesiastes 4. In Ecclesiastes 4, it says, Two are better than one, but three a strong cord makes. You know, if you have two ropes, which is, you know, can sometimes be the basis of a marriage. You know, if you have two ropes and you try to braid them, you're just twisting rope together and they'll just come undone. But if you take that third cord and you braid it in there together, which is to say, if you take humanity and you braid that third piece in it, which is the third personality of human relations, which is God, it will become so strong. Our work will become so strong together because what we're doing is with other believers and we're praising God just when we're working together alone because we're better together. Now, I want to say this to you. Our dreams are bigger together. When we're people, we sometimes by ourselves, we, we wonder if we can do it. We wonder if we should do it. We're pretty concerned about the fact that we probably can't do it. But as Christians, when we bind together and we let God be our drivers, we can be and do wonderful things. So I'm going to take a minute. And I truly believe that this is all about God. And I want to take a minute before you go to praise God for what we have done by his strong hand together in this church. I want to say this, and I want you to understand it, so don't hear what I'm not saying. I want to praise God that we didn't build an elevator. You know, I want to praise God that we didn't build an elevator. Not that we don't have two floors, because if we had two floors, we needed one. But so many in our tribe, that is the mainline Protestant denominations right now, are building elevators and handicapped entrances and a few parking spots up close to the door because they're thinking about themselves. And that's all they do. There's a couple churches in my district just now, not to talk badly about them, but I will. All they did with all their efforts was they put it, they made it easier for the congregation that was already here to get in and out. I honestly believe when you spend the kind of money we've spent and do the kind of campaigns and lay on our faces praying that that's not enough. I am so grateful that we didn't just build an elevator. I'm grateful that we built this stuff that helps people that are less than able get up here and get in here and that we have everything on one floor. We could do that. I'm grateful that we built it for, for, for us to be more effective in our discipleship. But I am so grateful that we weren't just thinking about ourselves when we built this thing, that we were thinking about kids that aren't even born yet, that we were trying to make a place that is inviting and welcoming, that we can praise God together with kids that aren't even born. When we left that place downtown, I've said it a hundred times this year, that our foremothers and our forefathers in the face were thinking about us a hundred years before we were born. When they built that place, that magnificent edifice with all those glorious stained glass windows and later added an education space on, they were, of course, making life better for themselves, but they were thinking about us. And, and so when we built this thing, I am so grateful that we, in praise, got together and said, let's think about kids that aren't born. Let's leave a big space behind the sanctuary so that when we need to add on space, do you hear what I'm saying? When we need to add on space, that we won't build a 700-seat auditorium, we'll build a 2,000-seat sanctuary. And when we need to add on to the education wing, we won't have to just add a couple of portable classrooms. We can add a dozen or two dozen more down on that south end. I'm so proud that we didn't just build an elevator. Can I get an amen? Isn't that awesome? I think it's wonderful that we just didn't do that. That, that, that we're ready to advance the kingdom of God 
not just be happier as a church, not just have nice time and fellowship. I'm so excited by that. One of the most exciting things happened to me two weeks ago. Our banker walked in the front door, right over there. And he stood there in the door. He hadn't seen our plans. This is the top of the banking part, not our loan officers. He stood right there, and he said, So, Pastor, worship, kids, eat. I'm like, yes. Because <laughs> if you went in my last building, the building I've, I've been the pastor at for the last 15 years, you walk in there and say, where do I go? But we built this that somebody off the street, such as it was, can walk in and say, worship, kids, eat, praise God. So together we thank God. We praise God from whom all blessings flow. And I praise God for the togetherness of this group. The togetherness, and, and I welcome those of you that are new in. We're so glad you're here. We're, we're partying just a little bit because we've been at this for honestly 10 years. But I praise God for the togetherness of this group, and I pray that God will bolster, bolster our strength and day by day add to our numbers. That's my prayer. That's my wish on day one together. That day one, we praise God from all, whom all blessings flow, and that's our main thing. That's how we start here. Let it never stop. Not in the first 50 and not in the second 50 years. Let us praise God. Let us praise the Lord. Alleluia. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for such a place like this at such a time like this. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to commit our lives fully to you. If we if we need to say, Lord, we love you and you're our Savior, we commit ourselves to that even today. We thank you, Lord, that you cleanse us from all of our wrongs, that if we confess our sins, that you are righteous and our burden becomes light. And when we confess our sins and repent of them, you take them from us. And Lord, we thank you that we can praise you anyway, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what is happening in that specific day, no matter what our health or mental health or our, 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 even our spiritual maladies, if we praise you, if we take the first step, Lord, you will guide us in all the rest. And Lord, we praise you as we join together with this group of other believers, with these who love you so, who cherish you, with these that have for these many years looked at all the things that they make, looked at all the income they receive, and said, I lovingly and I willingly give it so that the temple of God might be built so that many might feel years from now about him as I feel today. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. Amen.